Episode 90 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. This podcast was created because we want to provide you with some insight into the people and the places, the companies, the organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. The Kansas Chamber, it's been around since the 1920s with the goal of helping to create a favorable business climate in Kansas and to help members grow. Alan Cobb is the president and CEO of the Kansas Chamber. He sat with me this week for a conversation about what the Chamber does, who is involved, and their work in the Kansas legislature. First, a couple of notes about the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. 25 people are being recognized as winners of the 2019 HR Professionals Awards, and three longtime HR executives joined the HR Professionals Hall of Fame. Check out all the profiles of the winners in the weekly edition. Cover starts on page 11. Also in the weekly edition, a feature of the winners of this year's Association of General Contractors Awards. Chances are that you know the companies that won or the projects they were recognized for. It's on page 33. This week's top 25 list, the Wichita area's largest CPA firms, ranked by number of employees. It's on page 8. I strongly urge you to take advantage of the business intelligence we're providing each week, and that includes our leads section. Each week you get the scoop on who's setting up a new corporation, who owes back taxes, also new real estate deals, building permits, court judgments. We collect it so you can use it. Starts this week on page 44. Back in a moment to talk with the president and CEO of the Kansas Chamber, Alan Cobb, right after this. Welcome to Biz Talk with Bill Roy of the Wichita Business Journal. Talking business, your business that is, is what Equity Bank's team of bankers does best. Visit us today at equitybank.com. Alan Cobb earned a bachelor's degree in general studies at Wichita State. He then went to the University of Pennsylvania to get a master's of government administration. He returned to Kansas and attended Washburn School of Law. He's been state director of Americans for Prosperity, vice president of AFP, and he has owned his own consulting firm, Cobb and Associates. He was also manager for Kansas Government Affairs at Koch Industries. He was a member of the 40 Under 40 class of 1998. Alan, thanks for being here. My really pleasure. Thanks for having it. me, Bill. Appreciate it. Tell us about the purpose of the Kansas Chamber. It's been around since the 20s, 1924. 1924. So we're kind of coming up on our 100th anniversary. We are an organization that pursues policy that helps business in Kansas. So it's really, that's probably not our official mission statement, but that's what we do. Primarily focus on the state house, occasionally a few federal things and occasionally a few local things, but primarily at the state house. And then, and not everything is passing a bill, but working with state and local and federal government on programs and things to improve the business climate. Safe to say that the session time is your busy time of the year, probably? Definitely is. And it's only you know, only 90 days, but it seems to always catch us all by surprise. We know when the session's going to start, right. but it still, still seems early. And the summer and fall always go by too fast. How many members in the Kansas Chamber? We have about 500, which is uh, different organizations have different uh, strategies. We like having that number. We're, we are growing. We have members that I think about 82 of 105 counties that spread across the state, all industries. Our single biggest industry is manufacturing, and but yet they're only about 22%. We have broad-based representation in the Kansas business community, ag, financial services, uh, some other trade associations. Some re, uh, We're the Kansas Retail Council, also the Kansas Manufacturing Council. So in some ways, a typical state chamber. Any eligibility requirements for members? 
Well, I'm trying to think of something funny, but no. <laughs> Write a check <laughs> right. and support the mission. <laughs> they have to be in Kansas. They or have, maybe they don't have to be in Kansas. Well, all of our businesses are, but no, they support, uh, if they have employees or vendors in Kansas, we actually do have a few that they're not headquartered here or don't have a corporate presence, but they have employees here. For example, Ford Motor Company, they have a major facility right across the Missouri River, but yet a lot of their customers, vendors, and employees live in Kansas, and so they're a proud member of the Kansas Chamber. Ballpark cost on what it uh, costs to be a, a member of the Kansas Chamber? Uh, I know it's based on size. It's suggested dues. It's $500 to join, and then certain dues based on, uh, suggested dues based on your size, and so we have members, uh, several $500 members, and several that are a lot more than that. And uh, I should have those memorized, my gosh, Bill, but it's easy to join. If you had a really, really large company and they only wanted to join it for 500 bucks, we'd probably have a conversation with right. them. <laughs> Try to prove our worth. Right. But ultimately, we need to, just like any other business, we need to prove return on investment. Right. What are they getting out of their investment in the chamber? And that's what we do call it investment. Who helps you on your staff? Who are your team members? We have a 12 or 13, 12 and a half employees here in, in Wichita. We have Jennifer Basinger, who's the vice president for political affairs, and then Brian Fry, who's right here in the studio with us, who serves as our investor relations uh, primary contact in Wichita. Wichita City Council member who has joined into the Kansas Chamber. Started last, uh, last July, and the Kansas Chamber probably should have had Brian or someone like him a long time ago. This is clearly a big part of our membership base. And though our members are scattered across the state, they're concentrated where Kansas businesses and people are. So we'll, ta- we'll talk a- about him and right in front of him. That's what, right. what are his responsibilities? His background, obviously, is in marketing. His responsibilities are to get members to join and keep right. the ones that we have and try to get them to increase their investments. Right. And some of that is just touching touching them and making sure we know what their priorities are. We have a big state, don't have a huge staff. I'm in Wichita a lot, but yet can't be here every day, nor can the rest of the membership team. So he's been a great addition just to make sure we know as a Kansas Chamber what are our Wichita members that we may not always communicate with. What are they saying, thinking, and doing, and what do we need to be doing differently and better? Other members of the staff you want to point out? Sure. Eric Stafford and Christy Brown are government affairs folks in, in Topeka. Shireen Jones-Shontag and Kelsey Weens are on our communications events team. Uh, Brandy McPherson and Emily Corby are on the membership team. And Brian, help me. I feel like a, a myth. I'm sorry. Oh, yes. Aaron Miller, who's our vice president of, of membership uh, investor relations. And I should point out all but one are native Kansans. And then Christy Brown um, her husband's a native Kansan, and she's been here three or four years, and actually several Wichitans or former Wichitans, including me, and we have Brian and obviously Jennifer living here, and Aaron Miller's originally from Wichita. And I mentioned Kelsey Weens. She's a proud graduate of, of Mays High School. We'll get into some specifics for, for the legislative session coming up here pretty quickly, but talk about Vision 2025. That's something that you all have created. What are you hoping will happen, basically looking into the next six years? We're trying to answer the questions of why Kansas has been a slow growth state. And it's it's perplexing and a little confusing. Why have we been bumping along at the bottom? In 19, the last full year, 2017, we actually had negative growth in the state. I, there's no way to put lipstick on that. That it's it's that's not good. We are 48th in the country. Sometimes now I don't want to overdo it because that's a 12 month calendar year, which is an arbitrary way time to measure. It's these 12 months, and we've had some we have had some struggles in the energy industry and in the and the and the ag industry. But yet, manufacturing has appeared to be strong, 
and so the financial services. So we want to answer those questions. What does it take to drive a state economy? And you'd think we'd have these questions, but there's every state struggles with sure. these. And we're, it's an outline of a plan. We don't have the answers we're looking for in, in four different areas. Talent supply, which is what are our schools what is their curriculum? What are they producing as, as far as what kind of kids do we have coming out of our high schools? How are tech colleges, community colleges aligned with the workforce? Are we getting the return on investment on our higher ed? And what are the other training programs? And what do we need to do to keep people here? A workforce might be the single biggest issue I hear anecdotally from our members. Second area is competitiveness, which has been more the bread and butter of the chamber. What does it cost to do business here? from healthcare, taxes, regulatory outlook, uh, cost of, of business inputs, the business infrastructure, which typically if you talk about infrastructure, it's roads, but it's a lot more than that. Mm -hmm. It's the, the price and availability of, of broadband, electricity, water is a bit of an issue here in Wichita, much bigger issue you go further west. Water's not really an issue in Topeka right. and in Johnson County. In Hayes, they simply do not recruit any businesses that need a water. So it's a, they've made it a non-issue. But yet uh, other other places, Western Kansas, because they sit on, top of the aqua, sit on top of the aquifer, they're able to recruit businesses that have water uh, issues and needs. Although technology is beginning to, to take care of some, some of that. And then it, probably the trickiest one is in, innovation and entrepreneurship. Kansas number of patents uh, have right. been decreasing. Now, we want to be critically thinking just any pat patent isn't necessarily a good thing. What are the patents that are actually driving economic growth? I think our university, KU, K-State, and Wichita State are taking a harder look at this. K-State particularly seems to have a good technology transfer. And, and how do you commercialize the university-based patents? No clear answers there either. How do you create the next Dan Carney and Frank Carney? There's right. nothing. I don't know that you can create a a particular program, but yet exposing kids that that and others to what it takes to be an entrepreneur is a good thing. We need more business startups and may sound not consistent, but we need more business failures. The more business failures are, that means you had more startups and right. not everything is going to work, but that's, those are probably two of the, two of the trickiest. There are some policy things that we can help. Net operating loss sounds like a very wonky tax thing, but Kansas limits net operating losses to 10 years. A lot of other states do 20. That makes it easier to sustain a, a startup and might encourage more investing into entrepreneurship, entrepreneurial ventures. So there's a hand things we can, handful of things we can do. But overall, we don't have the answers. We're searching for those. And we've had community forums. We began to talk to some, some academic folks. Uh, I hate to make it sound so boring as to <laughs> studies, mm -hmm. but part of it is that very thing. Can we really dig in and look deeply at our talent supply? What can we be doing differently or better? And I will applaud a lot of our educators in Kansas who know we need to do things differently. Education might be the one area of the of our public and private services that we that we buy and consume that haven't changed a whole lot. Right. Uh, maybe the most or the least amount of change. And I think I recognize I hear recognition from the folks in the education community. We can't keep doing it this way. Right. Uh, one of the things you want to do with the organization is help develop leaders. Correct. Therefore, it's Leadership Kansas. That's a program that uh, you all have had for a while. Describe that. It's the second oldest leadership program in the state. Started in, I should know the exact year, but in the mid-70s. Forty folks are in each class. We're in the process of picking the existing class 
uh, this week. And there are folks from the private and public sector, head of a particular curriculum that runs April through October and visiting different parts of the state, talking about and learning about what's happening good or things that are challenges across the across the state. We have a big geographic state. A lot of folks from Northeast Kansas have never been to Garden City, but Garden City is in Dodge City are both vibrant business communities. Right. Wichita is a little easier because you're three hours from anywhere. You're two and a half hours from Pittsburgh, two and a half hours from Dodge. But yet it's there's a lot of folks from parts of the state that have not been able to visit and really get an understanding of what their entire state's like. Really good for somebody from Wichita who's never been out west to learn what it's like to operate a cattle operation. or Absolutely. Like and, and all the business ag things that are going in on in Garden City, whether it's uh, huge purchases of grain and distribution, Dairy Farmers of America has a major processing plant that they just started in, in in Garden City to take advantage of all the corporate dairies that are happening in the western part of the state, which has been a, a boon for that area. It's not just beef cattle, but we're a major dairy state now, too. Right. One of the things that uh, the chamber does, it's pretty active in the legislative session, as we Correct. talked about. Um, talk about some of the priorities for the chamber this session. Uh, right now, it sounds like SB 22, is, you've been busy with that. That's our biggest priority. There is a uh, the Kansans businesses and individuals will see a tax increase if the legislature doesn't act. So this is not a reduction in tax rates and not a reduction reduction in brackets. It's the prevention of a tax increase because some of it's simple. How the federal government defines income, Kansas uses that to cor- tax corporations and individuals. The federal government has changed that definition based on the Jobs and Tax Cut Act from December 2017. There's a very a huge increase in the standard deduction at the federal level. Kansas is a state that does not allow you to deduct at the state level unless you deduct it at the federal level. And there'll be a whole bunch of, of middle and higher income earners even that aren't going to to deduct. They're not going to use itemized. And so it'll be no two ways around it, a tax increase. And most states are not taxing those things. There's a variety. We have 50 states, 50 different ways of doing things, but we will be an outlier and there will be a competitive issue if we don't act. Some of it is also foreign revenue as well. I know Spirit's concerned about that part of it. Correct. In the past, it's called repatriation. This federal tax reform forced companies repatriate their foreign profits or foreign income rather kansas uh well there was never a forcing of that and so there was not a whole lot of repatriation going on and it's one-time money that's going to happen over the next year or so and so most states have decoupled from that there's a lot of states that have never taxed it and so for kansas not to act that puts us at a uh, competitive disadvantage and then going on there's another definition of income and that is using for international that the way the current state law is would add that to corporations tax base, which it didn't used to be. And so this is not revenue that the state was seeing in the past. This would be new revenue. And again, it would put us at a competitive disadvantage to virtually all states. I can't say all 50 because there's a handful of states that are also going through the same process of debate and conversation that we are. What are some of the other uh, priorities for the chamber in this session? Association health plans that would it's it's really a small change, a small change to state law 
that would allow organizations like the chamber or the Wichita Chamber or other trade associations to, to offer group health plans to their members. It's not a huge change in state law, but just the way they, that insurance companies assess risk, we need to change definition of small employer. And the reason this came up this year is because of some of the federal reforms through the Trump administration are allowing it and making it a lot easier. After, Obama, after the uh, Affordable Care Act altered some of those rules, I don't know if that was the intention or not, but uh, having ACA and association health plans are not in conflict. And there's an interesting issue, the corporate practice of medicine that I think your listeners and some of your readers would have an interest in. Kansas restricts uh, the corporations from hiring physicians. Um, a lot of states do not. It's a little quirk of common law where the Kansas Supreme Court made a ruling that says we're not exactly clear about this. And until legislature cleans it up, only hospitals and clinics and other healthcare providers can hire healthcare providers. And so if you're a large employer and you wanted to hire a physician to care for your employees, you can't do that right now. Kind of, kind of a, kind of a, a, a quirk that I know it has some doctors, um, a little nervous, but it still does not change how they're licensed, and it does not change the ethical responsibilities they have for the patients. Nor, uh, I guess, I, as an attorney here, there's nothing that Kansas Chamber can do if I had a legal client to change that confidentiality and that relationship I have with the client. Nor will it be the case with physicians. Are you optimistic? Uh, I know you recruit uh, some of your members to uh, give some testimony before the uh, legislative committees and things like that. Optimistic about this session that you can get some of this stuff done. Yes, uh, we'll, we'll, there'll be a vote in the Senate on Wednesday. I think we'll have a good vote tally, maybe veto-proof. There's a lot of folks that expect the governor to veto it. I think she's left. Uh, she has not been unequivocal about it. I think there's an. Uh, we're beginning discussions with her to, to, to decide and her team to, to determine exactly what does she want or not want. I understand her cautiousness because of some of the budget difficulties we've had, but we have revenue $900 million uh, above Estimates, we have a budget this year or for this upcoming fiscal year, which is almost a billion higher than two years ago. And so I understand her cautiousness, but yet she also is very clear on the campaign trail that she was not going to raise taxes. It's kind of hard to square. I mean, this is a tax increase, mm -hmm. and, and it's because of how Kansas uh, conforms or doesn't conform with how the federal government defines income. So, yeah, optimistic, but we'll see. It's going to be a long session, a lot of things to negotiate, and uh, a whole lot of things out there that I think the governor wants that others that support this might might uh, negotiate on. Last year, a couple of years ago, Governor Collier sent a letter to President Trump regarding NAFTA. You guys signed on to that letter as well, concerned about uh, if there uh, is a renegotiation of NAFTA or a change in that in that uh, agreement could be devastating for the state of Kansas. Obviously, that's been that's been renegotiated. Do you feel good that uh, that Kansas is protected in the new set of uh, circumstances? I do, but I have not heard a. I've not, and the reason I say that I've not heard a ton of concern from our members. I think uh, it was probably the 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 particular bad things that could happen didn't happen, and it's called the American Mexico. What I should know it MCA. Yeah, Mexico-Canadian agreement, American-Mexico, American-MCA or something like that. And we just signed on a letter supporting that uh, from the U.S. Chamber. I'm kind of back to the nuts and bolts of the chamber. We're the U.S. Chamber's Kansas affiliate, and we're the Kansas affiliate for the National Association of Manufacturers. Okay. So generally feel good about trade. There's still some, some concerns from our members about the tariffs, but also remaining concerns about China and how they – don't always play by the rules. Right. And so it's 
difficult. We're a free market organization. Our members are free market. How can we be for tariffs? We're not. But, but it's not exactly clear how to deal with China from the intellectual property uh, rules. And then also just they sometimes do dump and flood markets with some of their products. And it, so it's a challenge. Right. Alan, you guys also support sentencing reform. That's a, an issue that's come up mostly in the last couple of years. Talk about your support of that uh, effort. Well, we're, we're on the bandwagon with a lot of other organizations of criminal justice reform. There is a workforce component for sure, the availability of a, of a workforce. And there's also elements that get to the criminal justice reform that directly relate to, relate to businesses that we have things codified in our state statutes and across the country that define things as criminal behavior, but mistakes are not criminal behavior. And I know the classic stories are more at the federal level, the person who accidentally shoots a bald eagle, but yet has to plead guilty to a federal misdemeanor. That That's not, I don't remember a lot from my criminal law class in law school, but there's one thing called mens re, which is called criminal intent, which mm-hmm. is the foundation for criminal law in, in the Western world for a thousand years. And when someone makes a mistake, they don't have criminal intent, and I think that's an important element of all this, too. And, sen- and sentencing reform, are, do the sentences fit the crime? Right. Are you getting feedback from your members on that? Uh, I'll, nothing negative, all supportive. And I, again, I think it's a workforce issue, and they're not trying to dodge liability when it comes to that, but going to civil court can be the better place to adjudicate some of those challenges rather than in criminal court. And I always thought it was kind of odd, how does a company commit a crime, not an individual, but... Uh, that's another podcast, probably. <laughs> probably so. But for this one, thank you. Thank very you, much Bill. For appreciate being it. Here. We appreciate it. KansasChamber.org. Did I get that right? Kansas Chamber. Yes, you did. And I should thank uh, Brad Elliott and Equity Bank, who are a chamber member, for, for sponsoring the podcast. Thank you, Brad. Appreciate it, Alan. Thanks for being here. Uh, Kansas Chamber has supported several WBJ Awards programs, Best Places to Work, the Innovation Awards. Alan, thanks. We appreciate my, it. Good conversation. Pleasure. Great. Back in a moment. Most bankers are good at banking talk. What you need is a banker who knows how to talk business. Your business, that is. I'm Andrew Cheney, commercial lender here at Equity Bank. If you've got plans to grow, we're ready to talk about your business. Visit equitybank.com. Well, that's it for BizTalk with Bill Roy this week, episode 90. Check out all our episodes at our BizTalk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. BizTalk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal, Thanks to producer Brittany Showalter, and thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Have a profitable week.